thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 2 Samuel. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. One thing for certain, God sees and knows everything. That, in and of itself, helps to produce a form of holiness because of legitimate fear. Right kind of fear, respect, reverence for God, knowing that God is God. He sees and knows all. And again, isn't it better to confess and go for mercy rather than to try and cover it up? Better to confess and go for mercy. And confession is simply just agreeing with God's word, agreeing with God. That's what, in a Christian standpoint, it's just agreeing. Yes, God, that is sin. Yes, God, I did that. That was sin. Confess it. Then you know, There's no covering any tracks. You, you plead for mercy and grace, and you go, God, help me and strengthen me that I wouldn't be such a fool. Let's read on just for a little bit for a moment, and then we'll finish out tonight. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him, and he said to him, Now, Nathan, a prophet, he's a guy that's walking with the Lord, he speaks the truth. David's, or, or Nathan's got a solid reputation. Nathan's a solid dude, okay, in the Lord. That's the way we look at him. This guy's right on. He's solid with his walk with God. Now, check this out. You may feel like you're a Nathan, and you may be to some extent, but you're not a Nathan to everybody. You know why? You don't have relationship of that kind of quality with everybody. Nathan had a direct relationship with David. He had a platform. That's the term you would hear me use. He had a platform, the level of friendship that allowed him to speak that truth. Brothers and sisters, if you don't allow people a rightful platform in your life to speak truth, you're hurting yourself. We all need to allow ourselves to hear from Nathan from time to time. And it may not be a Bathsheba issue, okay, or a Hesheba or whatever, you know, happens. You know, it may not be that, okay? It may not be this kind of, this is pretty cataclysmic, really, in the scope of what's gone down. This is pretty serious biz, you know. This is a bad deal as far as the ramifications. I mean, it was bad enough, the adulterous thing that David got involved in, right? That's bad enough. He's murdered somebody. He's had somebody murdered. He put a hit out on him. This is pretty serious stuff, you know? So this is not to be taken lightly. And it's really the reason he put the hit out on him is because of his own sin. You know, so it's, it's pretty complicated. It's pretty bad. But the thing is, is Nathan had a platform. He had a, a place to be able to speak something into his life, into David's life. And that's important, you know? 
It's important to have that platform before you speak that way, and it's important to know whether you do or not. And if you don't, pray for that person that God would bring the Nathan to that person. But if sometimes all of us need a Nathan to come to us, and it's important that we allow that platform to be there. For me, I see this oftentimes in ministry for me, with a pastoral calling and a, and a role as, as a pastor. You know, I only have the platform you allow me to have. The pastor's wife only has the platform, the worship leader, the men's ministry leaders, the elders that you see around the fellowship. They only have the platform that you allow them to have. If you just put, put, wall up, I can't hear from you. You do that, well, you're not going to get the benefits of a Nathan, you know? You're only shortchanging yourself. So an openness to people that are trustworthy and have good reputation is wise, you know? Nathan's not walking around making this up. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David. Nathan heard from the Lord, and Nathan was sent with a message, you know? So let's check it out. Let's see what the message was that Nathan had. There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. So he's telling David a story because he wants to hear David's perspective regarding this matter. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb named Bathsheba, which he had brought and nourished. And this is the truth. That's what he's pointing at. And it grew up together with him so, and with his children. He ate of his food and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. And a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for a wafering man who had come to him. So some guest comes into the area, and this guy says, hey man, you've got that cool little lamb. How about I just take your cool little lamb? Yeah, I've got herds all over the place, but I'm just going to take the one thing you've got, and I'm going to feed it to this other dude that's just a wanderer. That's basically the thought of this. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had, had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he, he did this thing and because he had no pity. Now, the verse 6, the restore... Um, fourfold is out of Exodus 22. That's a legit, that, that's the legit requirement. That lamb you've taken now is you've got to restore fourfold. You've got to give four for the one. That's the legit payment. Well, what is this other thing in verse five? What was that all about? What was that? What is that display? Why is he, David so upset that he's going to say that? Brothers and sisters, one of the best things when you're really getting hot and upset and angry about something when it comes to a sin thing, be wise. Be very wise. Because most often that's the thing that you have a propensity for or have done or are in the business of doing. Because your sin on somebody else looks much more heinous than on you. That's the way it rolls. So be wise. Be cautious, because it's very, it, it, that's laced throughout the scripture. That's consistently laced throughout the scripture. 
that thing that bothers you the most, it bugs you the most, you know, oftentimes is something that you have a propensity for. So there are times where we see righteous indignation. Okay, that's, that's one thing, but this isn't that, that, that's not what this is. You know, those things do occur, but that's not what this is. I had a, a time, this is quite a while back, I had a fellow um, when I was down in southwest Missouri, this is, gosh, many, many years ago, 20-some years ago, early, early days of being down there. Uh, this fellow came in, and, and uh, he was talking to me, and he, had, he was just a really, uh, a fairly nice fellow, but really had this, just this really inordinate, aggressive, like, homophobia, okay? Seriously, he was just freaked out about homosexuals. He was just really freaked and, and he was real vocal and trying to bring me, you know, articles about this and articles about that from Christian literature about how aggressive and, uh, you know, against all this stuff it was and everything. I, always, I thought to myself, this went on for a couple months. And I, oh, that, that's really pretty odd, man. You know, this guy's really aggressive about all this. I mean, really, like, I mean, it's all he thinks about, it's all he talks about, it's all, you know, it's just every other th- conversation's all about all that, and we've got to deal with this, we're going to try and take over the country, and, you know, just, the guy was just freaked about all of it. I'm thinking, wow, that is really something. Until I was out doing one of my late-night street walks, probably close to two in the morning, this is no joke, um, just wandering around, I was just wandering around sharing the Lord with people out on Main Street in downtown, down there, just getting to know people and talking about Jesus with them. And uh, I watched this guy come out of kind of a bar-type environment place, come out, and he has this, this young guy with him, you know, like a latent teenage guy with him. And that then I, I, I and then he kind of just falls by the way. He didn't see me. But then I kind of questioned when I saw him. I said, you know, yeah, he brought some stuff up. And I said, well, Paul, you really are you're pretty aggressive about it. I, mean, you know, I don't really, I'm not tracking with all, the guy was a homosexual. That's what ended up happening. I tracked the guy down a little bit and just, you know. That, it, you know, it's, it, the thing is, is this guy was so worked up about dealing with this matter. And does it, you know, and, and all of a sudden, so I found this to be true. This is what I'm sharing with you over and over again. So it's important when you find yourself getting really hot about something, you got to find, man, Lord, is that righteous indignation? You know, which is legit. And, you, you know, you may fool me, but you're not going to fool God. God's going to know whether it's righteous indignation or you've got something else going on, okay? Or it's your issue, but it just looks different when someone else is wearing it, okay? So great thing to tuck away and think about. Verse 7, and Nathan said to David, you are that man. Now, can you imagine? Nathan's his friend. Nathan's a prophet. He knows that. And his buddy's squaring off with him saying, dude, look at man. You're that guy. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, and here it comes. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. God saying, I did all that for you. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. Now, they're, remember, they're, they're combined now, one, one unit again. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. There was plenty more to come, David. 
Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and you have taken his wife to be your wife, and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Now therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Now, verse 10. Fact. That's the fact. You did this, and the ramifications are going to be this. That's what he says. This went down, and verse 10 is the ramifications. Those are likely irreversible, okay? God said it. This is the way it's going to go down. That's it. Now, this is where you and I get pretty weirded out, okay? Sometimes God just says flat out no, and whatever the reason is, fair enough. In this situation, it's really a bummer because now there's, he's had all this peace now. Remember, on every side, everything's been good, you know, as far as peace goes. They're just going out and taking new ground, right? They're just fighting and taking new ground. They're doing these things, going out, aggressively pursuing new ground. But now, because of this, he says, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house. Now, it's all going to come out from inside your own home. You can have all kinds of problems just with that. Because you have despised me. God says this is a personal matter. It's because you turned against me. And have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. It was, it, was, it was completely wrong to do that. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun, wide open. And you know, this, this plays out. We'll talk about it as we get to it. But that very thing happened. Do you remember when um, Absalom, his son, came against him? And that was the thing that he did. He pitched the tent up on the roof. Do you remember? And he got all the, the king, his dad, his king's wives and concubines, and went into them, had sexual relations with them. Wide open, that was the whole thing. This is what you do when you took over a kingdom, that's what they would do. It was to kind of like, you know, prove their, their rulership. They would take what they would think as a, as a very prized possession, so to speak. In their culture, that's what they did. And this happened. This exact thing happened. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, this is so great. The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. The second, think about it. If you read through this whole thing, and if we could take that last part of verse 13, or, the, or the, all of verse 13, the very part where I have sinned against the Lord, where that confession took place. If we could have taken that little statement there in verse 13 and put it somewhere over early on in, in chapter 11, you see, so many other things would not have happened. And the ramifications might not have been so drastic, huh? Confess early on. It's, it's just better, you know? Confess early on. Take what you got coming to you and move on. If you threw the rock through the window, you threw the rock through the window. 
Well, I don't know. I was standing with these other guys, and they told me, God, you know, there's a million excuses of why. You, but if you threw the rock through the window, you threw the rock through the window, right? Then, you know, the money's going to come out of your account, and you're going to pay to fix the window, and you're going to apologize and make it right that you threw the rock through the window. Now, that's the way I dealt with it. That's the way my dad dealt with me. That's the way our Heavenly Father deals with us. It's righteous. It's, it's right. There's ramifications. There's results. My bank account dwindled. Too many rocks through too many windows. You know? It's, a, it's just cause and effect. Now, we can all cry in our soup all day and all night and pine away because, oh, God, just been mistreated. Because No, you're not being mistreated. When you sin, you've sinned. When I sin, I sin. It has effects. You just deal with it. But the greatest thing in here is this. Then the Lord also has put away, the Lord has also put away your sin. You shall not die. The Lord was gracious and told him, hey, man, yeah, bad news, dude. Bad news. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion, this, this is the issue, have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme the child also who is born to you shall surely die. So remember, to blaspheme God because of the action. Many, because of what we see, the emptiness down the road, are blaspheming our God. That's what I'm grieved about. You see what I'm saying? I don't find any joy in any of that. Am I shocked or surprised? Maybe not. But I still don't find any pleasure in any of that. It's grievous to me. Because people will blaspheme God now because of it. And it's, we're all a part of that representation. And it's a bummer. Nathan departed and went to his house after this, after he drops this bomb with him. There's the repercussion of sin. Fortunately, there's the instant forgiveness. Absolutely instant. From the time of confession, there was forgiveness. But the repercussions still went on. Man, if you can share this with your young people, if you can share this with yourself, you will prevent yourself from having a lot of unnecessary difficulty. This is why we talk about walking in the Spirit versus walking in the flesh. If we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's the advantage. You see, there's, there's great gain for us to follow the Lord. God is faithful. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's a matter of the heart, isn't it? And that can be a matter of future decisions and future results that could occur. So the importance is, is that I stop the chain quickly from more and more and more and more. You know, so... Because the spiritual law of sowing and reaping is effective. If I sow to the Spirit, I reap the things of the Spirit. If I sow to the flesh, I reap corruption. So that's the significance. You can say, oh, you know, we start crying about how bad it is because we're just such idiots. Well, get over yourself. It, hey, that, you've done it. It's over. Look, just move on. One day, maybe, I'll write a book. And it'll be, the title is Repent and Move On, seriously, on that part. It's just, I, I have this thing about that, because I really think that. Just repent and go forward. I mean, that's the story of my life. Get past you and get into God, you know, because you're going to make mistakes. You're going to sin. You're going to blow it. Let Nathan come and bust you once in a while. And when it happens, receive it in the Lord. Say, yeah, you know, you're right. I'm, I'm off base, man. I'm, I'm straight out not thinking right. And if you're not thinking right, you're not thinking right. Receive it in the Lord. 
The only thing that would cause you not to receive that is the big P, your own pride. And that's only going to pull you down. It's just going to make it worse. Just be open. Let the Lord be pliable. You know, be on the potter's wheel and, you know, and get remade sometimes. It's okay. It's good. The ramifications are going to happen, right? Isn't it better to go through that graciously? I've had times where I've just pleaded with the Lord, Lord, yep, I can see this now. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but Lord, I just ask that you be gracious and merciful to me, your servant. You know, I sin, this is ignorant, and I, I, I ask your forgiveness, but Lord, I just would, I would plead with you to be gracious with me, your servant. And I believe God is gracious sometimes. I believe God was gracious with David, even though there were horrible ramifications. But this is the thing, to whom much is given, remember, much more is required. Look at what he had rulership over. Look at the accountability that he had. Look at the responsibility that he had in the Lord. Oh my goodness, you know, the leader of Israel, God's chosen people. It's a pretty serious matter. And a lot of things were in his hand. And you know, it was one thing what he did with Bathsheba. It was a whole nother thing with Uriah the Hittite. It's a whole nother thing. He drags Joab into it. You know, it's a collusion now. It's just, it's horrible, you know? If you want to read further, this is for extra credit, so you might make a note. Read Psalm 51. Read that first, though. Read Psalm 51 first, because it tells you David's heart while he's working through this process. Psalm 51. I wish we had time, but we really just don't have time to read through it tonight. We had time last week to read a lot of extra stuff, but tonight we're not going to do that. Um, and then uh, read Psalm 32. Verses 1 through 5 are the key verses in Psalm 32, 1 through 5. And verses 2 and 3, I have to look at this Psalm 32 real quick because I don't want to tell you wrong on this. In my mind, it looks maybe one way, and I've got to make sure it looks that way on ink. I believe it's verses 2 and 3. Nope, it's verses 3 and 4. Thankfully, I have not sinned um, and misled anyone. Uh, verses 3 and 4. This is what went on during the 9 to 11, some people say 10, some commentators say you know, whatever, 9 to 11 months. This is what went on during the time that she was pregnant and, you know, the early time of the, or just before the birth or whatever. So whatever time frame that is, whether it's eight months or 11 months or whatever, but in that time frame, those verses three and four are what he wrote of Psalm 32. So you see his heart in verses one and two of Psalm 32. And then you see verse five. Man, it's just, that's a really good portion. Read Psalm 51 first and then read verses uh, uh, one through five of Psalm 32 you get a bigger picture of it. Thank you for tuning in today and for listening to the radio program, for listening to God's Word. And I know God has a perfect plan for your life, and it starts, really, by giving our hearts to the Lord. If you've not given your heart to the Lord, or you're just in a place where you're, you, you have a sense that you're distant from God, and you just want to open your life up to the Lord, you know, the Word says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, 
and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Isn't that great to know that we have a God that's full of grace and mercy, that he's willing to pardon all of our sin, to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. It's a simple prayer just to give your life to Jesus. Man, all things become new when we give our lives to the Lord. If you just pray this simple prayer along with me, Jesus, I want to open my heart up to you. I want to ask that you would forgive me of my sin, my unrighteousness, that you would pardon me. I thank you so much for that grace and mercy that you've shown me. Lord, thank you for the love that put you on the cross, that you did that willingly for me. And Lord, again, I I just open my heart to you. I receive you as my personal Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for that free gift of everlasting life that you've given me. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. And if you're social media savvy, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash calvarychapelkc. Also, Living Fountains podcasts are available in the iTunes store now, and you can download them at no cost. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com, or you can simply contact the church office at 913-681-1635. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.